All right, if you have got any questions, any comments uh, for our first guest uh, tonight on a very busy Marawa Sports Worldwide show, uh, simply send the WhatsApp voice notes at 0607080484 or 0605842250. He would really love to hear from you. I can tell you that much because, yeah, he's been back, I think, since October uh, last year. And, 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 and that's pretty much a bit to replicate the success, though, that uh, they enjoyed back at Marks Park. Um, you know, Cape Town FC coach Eric Tinkler uh, roping in Darren Keat to beef up his goalkeeping department. Now, Keat's vast experience, as you and I know, playing in the Premiership uh, during two stints that he had at Budweiswitz and also in Europe, where he played for the Belgian First Division clubs. Uh, initially, it was KV Kordrijk and also OH Leuven. Now, he replaces the Dutch goalkeeper Peter Levenberg, um, who has returned back home now to join FC Groningen. And um, you know what? Peter did a, a sterling job at, a, at Cape Town uh, City. I can tell you that much. Uh, he left his mark there. But you don't overlook the talent of a Darren Keat on any given day. He is my first guest for tonight. Uh, Darren, thank you so much for your time. Good evening and welcome back. Robert, thank you very much for having me. No problem. Always a pleasure to speak to you. You love Cape Town, don't you? I do. I was born here uh, from Cape Town, so uh, my family's here. So whenever we're back into Africa, we always come to Cape Town for a holiday. And uh, it's nice to have a bit of a change and, and to, to actually live here for a change now. I, I spotted that when you played that stalling game that Cape United. I was like, nah, this man wants to be home, man. Whatever's happening, this man wants to be home. And why not? I mean, we live in these uncertain times, Darren, where just being home really means so much more than it did maybe two years ago. No, definitely. Um, you, you know, we had the plans to go back to back to Europe. Uh, we, we had all those plans in place uh, whereby we joined a team and, and things went the way that we wanted to. Um, the team brought me in to, to gain promotion, which we, we, which we managed. And then uh, we had a bit of a setback when, when COVID hit. And during that time, I, I signed a new contract uh, with the club. And also during that time, we got a new coach and the coach decided that uh, he wanted his own keepers. So because we were a team also owned by Leicester City, Leicester City sent one of their keepers over on loan, and then the coach also wanted his own his own goalkeeper. So they pretty much just said to me, like, uh, I'm not in the coach's plan, so if uh, if I'd like, I can leave. And we, we eventually settled on an agreement. And, uh, yeah, just been back in Cape Town for, for pretty much a holiday uh, since since November. I was surprised, though, when they said that uh, Daniel Iverson as well as Rafael Romo uh, were coming through because then, you know, one bigger the question is, okay, then what happens to Darren Keat? W- was that the ultimate for you to say, well, clearly there's no space for me here? So we, we did look. So I got to a stage because it was already late in the transfer window. The transfer window was busy closing when they did make the decision. Um, so... I did look for other opportunities uh, around Belgium to get a loan or something like that. But because it was late and, and teams had already made the decisions on goalkeepers, uh, we really found it difficult. So the only, decision was for, for, the only decision for me to make was to either stick around and, and literally train on my own because we were, there were eight of us or nine of us that were sent away. We were told we have to just go train on our own. We're not allowed to train uh, with the team anymore. We weren't allowed to join... Uh, we weren't allowed to be seen at the complex and things like that. We had to go train at the youth center. So it just came to a decision where was I going to be unhappy and, and just train and, and earn the money 
or or was I actually going to just uh, get my family out of there and start from over again? So we made the decision to come back to Cape Town and just start fresh. I bet that sounds like a cold way of doing things. Is that, is that normal? Did you find yourself almost like, you know, I'm being pushed away here? Yes, um, all of us. I mean, we, we discussed it amongst ourselves also, and uh, literally every single one of us felt like we didn't even know what was going on because it came to a point where we, we had one of the players who was there. He had been at that same club before. He, he came back uh, to, to help the team. You know, we did everything we, we needed to do. And then even in the beginning of the season, I think he played eight, eight or nine games during the actual start of the season. And then the coach just said, uh, you can leave, just like that. Wow. So a lot of us were caught out by surprise by what was happening. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's the business. And when a coach comes in and he's allowed to have his freedom to do what he wants, then you know he makes a decision and you just have to deal with it as a professional. But what about, uh, you know, contracts? Surely the, the legalese or the legal side of things uh, steps in for you or were the contracts uh, just about to be over? No, no, no. So, look, I think all of us, we had new contracts. Uh, uh, all nine of us had new contracts. And obviously in the contracts, uh, it, does that, it does say that, that we need to, obviously we need to be trained by, by a licensed coach and things like that. So obviously everything that they were doing was not illegal, so there was not really much we could do about it. And if we were, if we were going to fight it, or you know, or complain about it, it would take months and months. You know how legal processes take. So their way of doing it was just to try and push us out the door uh, as quickly as possible. And uh, <laughs> I'm not the type of person who likes to hang around when I'm not wanted. So as quickly as they made the decision, I, I decided that I didn't want to be a part of that anymore. So just got myself out of there. Well, join the club. I think you and I have got something in common. Where they don't want you, well, stay away. Keep away. Yeah, exactly. Bolt. Don't ever come back. You know, don't knock. Don't beg. Move nah. on. You know, life is, has got a whole lot more. But how would you sum up, though, your, your stay uh, that side of the world in Belgium? I mean, w- was it something that uh, you anticipated? Was it some of the best times of your career? Or do you look back and say... You know what, at Gordreik, I was getting a bit more game time. In fact, you're getting a hell of a lot of game time over there as compared to what you got in recent time. So, yeah, look, look, every, every, every move I've made has been successful for me in its own right. When, when I did go to Leuven, I did go uh, just at the end of the transfer window also. So I know the keeper who was there. They brought me in just to help uh, stabilize the goalkeeping department because they had some problems the year before. And uh, the goalkeeper w- who was playing when I got there, he was doing well. So I had to wait my chance to play, which was which was fine. And when I did get my chance to play, I performed well. We we ended up winning uh, the games we needed to. We ended up getting the promotion which we needed to. And hence, uh, I got offered a new contract. So, uh, you know, all in all, the, the club really liked me. I, I sat down with the CEO, I sat down with the with the directors and things like that. And they, they obviously expressed the interest in keeping me on, which, which we all agreed on. And then just soon after I signed a new contract, that's when they brought in a new coach. And then uh, it's pretty much just the coach's decision that he said, look, he's, he wants his own goalkeepers. And uh, that's the way it would be. And uh, that's the way we had to deal with it. So I'm, uh, I'm it, intrigued, uh, though. So, sorry to come in, Darren, because uh, I, don't lo- I don't want to lose this essence. Because we, we've heard these stories happen so many times. A new coach comes in, hardly gives 
the existing goalkeeper or player. It can be an outfield player. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But a new coach comes in, his own mind, his own mentality, maybe his own players that he has in mind. But is, is that something that, you know, football nowadays has a lot of? Because sometimes even coaches, they double up as agents and uh, you never really know which side of the fence yeah. they sit. But doesn't that at times sit a little bit badly on you to say, well, well, this guy's just come in, but he hasn't given me a fair chance. Has he looked at my stats? Has he looked at my appearances for the club? Or is he just saying, you know what, I'm not going to hear, I don't want to know, and he moves on? Yes, I mean, that's pretty much exactly what happened. He he, he came in, uh, he's he's known me for years because he's also coached in other teams uh, in Belgium when we played against them. Uh, so he, like, he knows who I am and everything like that. So eventually when the new keepers did come, I knew one of them was a goalkeeper, which he was persistent on bringing in. Um, he was a goalkeeper that he worked with before at, at his previous club. So that was obviously the, the way for him to get him. You know, that was his go-to guy. That was the guy he wanted, which, which is fair enough. Uh, mm. But I did speak to him and to the goalkeeper coach also. I said, am I not getting a chance? Am I not going to get a chance to, to keep my place? Because we had just played the, the, the first two games and I performed well. And he said, no, they've already made the decision a few weeks ago that they would bring a guy in and uh, they would let me go. So I said, OK, if there's nothing more I can do, then, then you know, I, I I'm, I'm not going to be able to stand around and pretend that I'm going to be happy. So that, that, that's just the way that's just the way it was. And it's the way it went. But to, to any youngster that's listening and, and, and harbors an idea of going overseas and going to Europe to play them, you would encourage them to, to go in that direction because, like I say, the period for me where you were, uh, what, 2011, 2012, at yes. you, you were able to get some really healthy game time in there before coming back to Budvesvitz, uh, where, again, you clocked extremely healthy uh, game time before then leaving Budvesvitz. But would you say to somebody that's listening to you now and saying, I mean, I know Darren Keat is, you know, top goalkeeper, an export, a, a Bafana Bafana international. Would you encourage somebody to go and venture out into Europe, given the circumstances and all the experiences that you've had? Uh, I mean, I think, I think if, you, if you want to and, and it's in your plans, then yes, if you get the opportunity, then definitely do it. Um, I think because, because the way football is that side, because of, of, of all the eyes around, around Europe that, that, uh, that watch you, um, I think it's massive. It's a massive stepping stone in whichever league you can get into. Um, you know, there are things that happen behind the scenes that aren't in your control, but you've got to try and control the things that you can, and you've got to try and give your best each and every day. And uh, you know, like I, I never for once felt that I wasn't good enough. I, I knew I knew that I was better than the other keepers. I knew that I could do better than they than they could do. But the moment, uh, the moment you feel like like the coach doesn't need you, then you've got to find your, your other option. Um, so, like you, you know, players can't shy away from it. Young players, experienced players, whoever they are, I don't think anyone should shy away from a challenge. I mean, I love a challenge, and uh, you know, I'd go back there as soon as anyone wants me. I'd go back and do it again because uh, I'm willing to take on that challenge. And you know, like coming back to Cape Town City now, I'm in the same position. It's another challenge for me, and I'm going to take it on head first. I mean, you almost sounded like you were saying the serenity prayer there, you know, for what you're about to receive or, uh, you know, the serenity <laughs> prayer, you know, wh whatever yeah. it was that you were saying, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, courage yeah. to change the things that I can. You were saying, yeah, take things as they come. And, 
you, you cannot fault people because people have come back with weird stories. We've had players go and uh, try their luck in Russia, come back because they were homesick and it was too cold. The conditions were not like home, you know, but you have to sacrifice. You know, that is the, that is the bottom line of moving yeah. away from home. You're not going to take your home comforts and you're going to take them to a, a foreign environment. It just means that you're maximizing there in terms of salary. And then whenever you come back to retire, at least you've got the kitty that you can look out at and say, with the rand dollar exchange or the rand pound exchange or the rand euro exchange, you know, I'm living and moving into my retirement, a, a happy bugger, which I'm sure you're starting to look at now and saying, OK, fine, post my playing days, what's Darren Keat going to be up to? Yeah, no, I, I mean, of course, I've got my pension uh, still in Belgium. Uh, one of the one of the perks of playing in Belgium was that you are forced to, to take a pension. The club does pay a pension for you. So when I do retire and things like that, I, I do have that pension. But uh, I do want to go into coaching after, after I've done uh, with my football career. Um, yeah, I'll, I definitely want to get into the coaching part of things. Tell me about that because the... The, the late Anil Ngong spoke something about Belgium, where he even revealed, I think he did an exclusive interview with City Press. <laughs> yes, and I remember. <laughs> you remember that. And, yeah. and I mean, he, he spoke and said, yes, what the salary? Because you don't really pay for much. You travel, the club plays. You go to hotels, the club plays. You get transported, the club pays. So you're, you're literally eating and you're living in, in quarters mm. that the club is paying for. So even if they zap whatever amount from your salary, it's negligible. You're not really going to see and say, oh, God, these guys have taken away X amount. But it yeah. is what you get later on. And I think he was even talking something of about 22 or 23 million rand uh, that he would get as a, as a payout when he reaches a certain age. Um, yeah. And that for me was a fascinating thing because those are practices that all of us, including South Africans, should be giving their players to say, guys, listen, this is not a, a lifetime thing that you're doing here. You know, football's yeah. a short career and what are you going to be doing after that? Just give us a, a, a sense of how that works because I always found it intriguing and then obviously one didn't have enough time with them on this uh, to quiz on and say, how does this thing work? So when you sign your contract in Belgium, it's, it's just a Belgian law. So what happened was they were paying big salaries and things before and a lot of the players were, were spending all their money. And so they made it a law that in each and every contract you ever contracted to play in Belgium, um, you you agree on, on, on a, a salary. And then whatever salary you do earn from the club, the club must then take 40% of that amount of their own money and pay it into a pension fund for you each month. Um, and then at the age of 35, you can get all of that money. So, at, like, Anele was, was there for how long? I think nine, ten years, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, he, I mean, and he played Champions League. He was at one of the top clubs. Um, so, all the, all the salary that he accumulated, which would have been a, a decent salary because he was playing Champions League, because he was there for so long, it would definitely uh, amount to a nice figure. Um, obviously, like a player like myself, uh, your Andile Jali, uh, Patosi, who wasn't there for that long, we would we wouldn't have earned that much uh, mm. by the end of our by the end of our few years. But uh, at the end of the day, we do still have it. It is sitting there in a, in a bank account in our name, and uh, we do get it by the, when we turn thirty five. Oh, so thirty five is the magic age of it. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, he spent what nine years in Europe. 
and the, the you know they were going to be paying him 23 million rand um, at the end of it and, and that is something that he spoke very openly about I suppose yeah. in a way trying to encourage other players to say look at the benefits of yeah. what you get when you give your heart and soul into something that you love and he gave his heart and soul uh, into football hence the kind of reaction and the club tributes that went his way uh, when we sadly lost him uh, in that yeah. car accident as well but when you flip charts now and, and and it's a cape town city you sit down with a john committees i mean john john's crazy with ideas you know uh, he he would probably want to coach that team if he had an opportunity but he you know he's going to be the chairman he's going to be the businessman yeah what is it that he's wanting to achieve when you sat down with him and 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 i know pirates chiefs apparently they were also banging on your door wanting to assign you but with john what, what was it that he said to you that made you think you know what besides being at home um, I actually want to be part of this vision. Well, um, John had contacted me and my, and my manager, and uh, he kind of expressed his interest in me coming through. And we, we, we kind of didn't give it too much thought because we were still not sure what we were going to do. Uh, we were trying to decide where we were going. And then, uh, you know, John kind of persisted also. He kept on, and eventually he sent through an offer, which, which I, then, uh, I then declined the first offer. And uh, eventually, Eric Tinker called me and he said to me, listen, I'm going to City. Um, I'm going to... No, well, that was when he already joined. He had said, I've joined City. Um, we want you to come there, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I said, I'll give it a think. And then eventually, I went, just went in to see John. And then he really expressed his interest in me coming through, working with the team and, and expressed the club's plans and things like that. And I said, look, John, I said... I want, I want a challenge. I want, I want a challenge for trophies. I said, I know I'm 31. I'm not old. I still want to play. I still want to do everything that I can. I want to win as many trophies as possible, and that's my plans going forward. So uh, immediately there, John, John agreed, and, and he said, look, that, that's the club's plans. They, they always want a challenge for things. They want to go for top four and maybe even win the league. And, uh, you know, if we can get the right team together with, with, with a good mix of players, then, you know, that you never know what we can do. So the conversation kind of went on for a little bit. And then we said, you know what? Um, I said, I'm happy to be here. I said, I'll go chat to my wife. Eventually, we decided we're happy to be here. And we, we came to a deal. And, and as quickly as we, we started talking, it was then done and dusted. And, and we had signed and we decided, OK, this is the place where we can be for the next few years. And uh, we can enjoy our time here and give the best that we can and focus on the job at hand. And when you look at a Tinkler, I mean, no stranger to you, no stranger to graft, no stranger to wanting success. And, and you find yourself in a team that has landed up in a top eight, you know, thankfully. So almost immediately when the season starts, whenever it starts, if it will ever start, because we <laughs> actually still don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> you know, which is another frustration uh, that is uh, currently undergo. But yeah, I mean, finishing in, in, in top seven. That's not bad. They've done better before, uh, but there's yeah. an immediate incentive for you to go all out and get a form of silverware. Yeah. So on our first day of training, the boss the boss came down to the training and he expressed expressed his uh, his frustration in, in in finishing seventh. He he made it clear that he was not happy with that, and uh, he made it clear that we will definitely be going for more this season and. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, football's a business. And at the end of the day, you, you need to employ people who want to get a job done. And like he said, whoever's not on board, you don't have to be here. But uh, this season, we'll be going for a lot more than seventh place. 
And, uh, you know, when you say a lot more, then I'm sure it, it includes some trophies. So we'll definitely be giving it our everything to get some trophies this season. And uh, I think the whole club, uh, as a as a business, as a company, and as a football club who who is such a big part of Cape Town at the moment, I think everyone's on board with, with, with what we want to achieve this season. All right. Uh, Coach Mpachela on, um, on Twitter says that quality goalkeeper that you're talking to, he is a goalkeeper who has aerial prowess. He's lanky. I modeled his goalkeeping to that of Rowan Fernandez. Uh, good luck to him at his new club, and I wish him all the best of luck uh, with Cape Town City. They're going to be having much of an advantage in that department. Um, so you. lots of congratulatory messages that are coming through um, uh, to you. But, but from what you, you see within Cape Town, and like I said, you know, for me with John and his, his vision for the club, it's not something that you say, okay, after two years, then what does Dan Key do? It's an option for you to renew, or would you want maybe at that stage to have a club in Europe where you'll send off and retire? Um, it's still too early to say. Uh, mm. We <laughs> we've just moved into our new house. We've just <laughs> uh, move out had three, three days of pre-season. My, my, we've just finally got our dogs back from Belgium. My furniture hey. hasn't even arrived from Belgium yet. So, so I don't even know. I don't even know what my plan for next week is yet. So <laughs> to be to be to be completely honest, I said to my wife. I said to my wife, look, we you know there's always things that we want to do, but who knows? We, we've never lived in Cape Town together. We've never lived in Cape Town as a family. And we might just end up enjoying it more in Cape Town and we might want to stay here forever and we might want to settle here. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, football is a business. You know, it is a business. Whoever wants, whoever wants a player or whoever wants a coach and things like that, they will get it done. And uh, I think John's also in the, same, in the same boat whereby if anyone wants to buy one of his players and he gets a good offer, he will sell. So we have to see what the future holds. But for now, my, next, uh, my future for the next two years hopefully three years, because they do have an option. Mm. Um, my future is here at the moment for the next three years. So I'm definitely going to dig my head deep uh, and take everything as it comes. All right, wonderful stuff. Uh, Darren, I'm going to be chatting to a man that wanted you at Kaiser Chiefs, uh, but unfortunately <laughs> he no longer is at Kaiser Chiefs. He's just signed up yep. at Chipper United, and that is Gavin Hunt. So you can confirm that he had, you know, he had wanted you to be at Chiefs, didn't he? Yeah, he just, uh, you know, we, we spoke to him. He, he's good friends with my manager, uh, with Sean Bester. So obviously they had a couple of conversations. We had a couple of chats and you asked what I was doing. If, if, you know, if I have any interest, I said, look, I'm, I'm open to all options. And, uh, he said he will, he will try and get, uh, he, uh, he actually first said he, we must call the big boss. And, uh, we, we didn't end up getting hold of him. And then he said, uh, he will try and get him to call me, but, uh, that's as far as it went. Great stuff. Darren, as always, thank you for your availability. South Africa certainly enjoying our conversation. Good luck down in Cape Town. We'll see you soon. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll chat soon. All right. That's uh, Darren Keith, the uh, Cape Town City FC goalkeeper. Uh, he sounds upbeat. He sounds like he's uh, looking forward to the brand new challenge. Um, and it looks like, uh, you know, John Comitas has kind of thrown it at them to say, guys, we need to achieve a little bit more. Uh, seventh place. Yeah, great. Uh, but it's not something to really get excited about.